Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hey folks, it's New Year's Day and um, I only have a short window of time to record this while my in-laws are at the playground with my daughter and I actually had um, a different episode lined up for today, kind of like a business lessons uh behavior behavior minded business lessons of 2020 uh episode I was going to do but at the last minute I decided instead I wanted to um share that there's some big dog news in my life uh that's happened in the last week which is that I got a puppy and uh, I thought while this um, event is still quite fresh, I would talk about it. We got her on Tuesday, and uh, today is Friday, so it's really only been a few days. So um, as uh, regular listeners might know, I lost my beloved 15-and-a-half-year-old Yorkie Poo. Amos, um, about two months ago, November 3rd, after um, a, a swift illness. And, um, you know, I, I had him for uh, most of my adult life. He, he really shaped who I am. And um, so it was a big loss, big loss to recover from. And um, I didn't feel right away like, okay, now we need to get a new dog. I just kind of thought, you know, I'm just gonna like, let this settle, see how I feel, not don't need to rush into anything. And um, (laughs) my husband was like, why don't we wait a few years? And I thought, I don't know if I can wait a few years. I mean, like, this is this is my life. Dogs are my life. Um, the house feels empty without a dog. Plus, you know, I, I realized I've, I've only ever had one dog. I mean, I had dogs when I was a kid, but, like, since being a dog trainer, I've only ever had one dog. And, and when I um, got into dog training – uh, my dog was already five, um, so I've never had a a dog who I've um, trained from the beginning. And uh, and the more I thought about it, the more I felt kind of like, gosh, am I am I a fake? Am I a failure <laughs> that I've only ever had 
one dog. I mean, I've certainly trained many dogs. I've spent extended periods of time with many, many dogs. But um, I, I just felt like, you know, I, I need to, I, I think it will benefit me to um, be in the trenches with a new dog. You know, that experience can only benefit uh, my understanding of, of dogs in general. Uh, so um, started looking on Petfinder just kind of like scrolling through Petfinder um, every now and then. And I also um, sort of meditated on who were, who have been my favorite dogs um, that I've worked with over the last 10 years. Um, specifically, like, I was thinking about like, what small dogs have I worked with that have come from breeders? Um because um, I was I was open to getting a dog from a good breeder. I really believe um, in in supporting good breeders. They have very high standards. Um, I was also open, of course, to adopting a dog. Just exploring all the options. Um, so I uh, I knew one breeder who breeds um, uh, miniature poodles upstate who I've had a, I've worked with a couple of dogs, um, who've come from her. Red Teddy Poodles is the name of the breeder. Uh, I think it's in Hudson, New York. I think she does a great job. Uh, really, really wonderful dogs. Um, she does genetic testing, which I think is super important. She keeps things really small, very exclusive about who she sells to. So I corresponded with her a little bit and she said she would let me know if she had a litter. Uh, of course, she has a waiting list, but she said she'd put me on the waiting list. Um, and and I, I did that sort of thinking, you know, it, it could definitely be a year of being on that waiting list. Um, I looked into um, a Shih Tzu breeder. I don't actually love Shih Tzus that much. They're not my favorite breed, but um, I have uh, one Shih Tzu, Violet, who um, is definitely one of my all-time favorite, favorite students. Really love, love little Violet. Um, I didn't actually contact her breeder. I looked on the breeder's website and just didn't get a good feeling about them. Didn't feel like it was, it was um, up to my admittedly high uh, standards, um, although she is a wonderful dog and quite healthy. So I kind of uh, passed over that one. Then I reached out to um, a Norwich Terrier breeder uh, who bred a little Norwich Terrier uh, named Max, who um, I, I dog sat for for extended periods of time when he was a puppy. And I just loved this little dog. I love terriers in general, I think. Um, I love their like attitudes and their little bodies and the way they move. Uh, and uh, this little Norwich Terrier really stole my heart. So I contacted his breeder um, and also felt very good about this breeder. Really felt like, I, I think she breeds um, both Retrievers and Norwiches and uh, just seemed like... Um, a breeder who really focuses on breeding for health, um, did all the kinds of genetic testing that I think are important. 
And then she called me uh, a couple weeks later and said that she had a litter, three girls, and uh, that if I wanted to put down a deposit, they would be ready to take home in February. Um, if I wanted to drive down to Virginia, which I would be happy to do. Uh, and she was asking $6,500 per puppy. And um, I'm not particularly good with money, I would say. And I'm pretty good at like justifying any expense and also good at putting large expenses on like 0% APR interest uh, credit cards and paying it off over time. I've done that before with some big purchases. So the number didn't totally throw me off. It did seem like a lot of money. I've, I certainly have a lot of clients who I know have paid probably between three and four, maybe $5,000 on a dog. I mean, I don't generally have those conversations, but occasionally like I'll see um, receipts when people give me their um, – they're just paperwork, uh, like for to show their dogs' shot records, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it was a number that was higher than I was expecting, and higher than anything I've seen. But um, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm I. It's I don't I don't get too attached to money, I guess. And um, even though I do not have sixty five hundred dollars laying around, I was not totally put off. But you know, I am married and I, I have a family to consider and my husband was just like absolutely no no way no way no way Jose are we spending $6,500 on a puppy and um, I you know I, I wasn't really going to have an argument about it because it really is a huge amount I just I don't know I kind of rationalize things and I feel like uh, I didn't get the impression this this person was like trying to fleece me. I just sort of thought if she's asking this much, um, her puppies really must be worth this much. She must really be doing something, uh, right. And, um, it's funny. I, 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 uh, was texting with Chris, the owner of this, this little dog, Max, who I love so much. And, um, he said actually when he got Max, the price, which was like, six or so years ago, it was half as much, but that he recently got another puppy from the same woman and that, and that the price had, you know, doubled. Um, and then for like a week, he was like sending me all these adorable photos of Max and, and his newer puppy Griffin. And, uh, it was like, I was like getting puppy porn in my, on my phone. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, I, I was vetoed on uh, the very expensive Norwich Terrier. Um, then on Pet, Founder, Pet Finder, uh, I found a dog named Guppy, uh, who was like a uh, petite, beautiful brown pit bull. And I love pit bulls. Pit bulls not, not, are not a specific breed, just general general kind of umbrella term for a certain dog that kind of looks a certain way. And um, they're, they're one of my, my favorite kinds of dogs. Um, I actually did have a pit bull briefly um, about 
13, 14 years ago, who I lost in a breakup um, that we found on the street actually as a puppy. Uh, so big, big, uh, big part of my heart uh, is is reserved for pit bulls. My husband does not love pit bulls. I think he's a little uh, racist against pit bulls, actually. It's, it's, it's a problem <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But this dog, Guppy, had three legs and uh, was just young and adorable. And I thought, like, there's no way my husband can dislike a dog with three legs. Like, you know, like the definition of the underdog. <laughs> uh, and also, gup is a word that my daughter says a lot. Sometimes it means cup, but I think sometimes it's just something she likes to say. So I was like, gup, guppy, like, it's a sign. So uh, I wrote to uh, the rescue and they said, if you're interested in guppy, you can fill out an application online. And I was like, well, uh, happy to fill out an application, but like, does it really make sense to be filling out an application if I haven't met the dog yet? Like, can I come meet guppy to make sure that like it's the right fit and then I can apply? Um, and the responses I got were just kind of curt, basically being like, if you want to meet guppy, you got to fill out the application. So, filled out the application um, and uh, and then just kind of like sat back and waited for the phone to ring. And like uh, a week passed and I didn't hear anything. And uh, eventually I uh, messaged the, comp- uh, the, the shelter on Instagram, the rescue on Instagram and said, hey, has Guppy found a home? And they wrote back, Yes, uh, Guppy's already in a home, and I was, uh, I was sad. Like I'd already pictured <laughs> this this dog I'd never met uh, in our lives. Then uh, a week or two later, I found uh, a younger dog, a puppy uh, named Sophia Loren at uh, a rescue, um, just like a rescue group out like uh, on the east end of Long Island. This dog was uh, part Tibetan Terrier, part Old English Bulldog, just sort of like a little stout, uh, fluffy dog. I thought that was such an interesting mix. And this place I had to um, pay, I think it was $15 to submit an application, and I did. And, you know, these applications, they, they're so in-depth. And you know, one thing that's interesting is they ask for um, your landlord's information, I guess, to confirm that you're okay in your building to have a dog, which I get. But um, I don't know. Like, I live in a rent-stabilized apartment, and uh, if you're familiar with rent-stabilized apartments in New York City, it's like they're like these valuable things. Like, you don't want to mess anything up. You don't want – like we almost never call the landlord for anything. <laughs> you know, it's just like a very like like hands off sort of leave us alone relationship. They have no interest in us uh, being in this apartment because of um, the ridiculously low rent that we pay. And so um, I don't know. I mean, also like my landlord, it's not like a person with a name. It's some LLC, some nameless LLC. And, and I'm not thrilled with the idea of them getting random phone calls um, from various shelters uh, vetting me. Um, And I I don't really know, I mean, if these places even call the landlords. But anyway, I put the landlord's information there. Um, 
and everything, everything else they wanted to know. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm a pretty good candidate <laughs> to uh, adopt a puppy. Uh, again, didn't hear back about Sophia Loren. Reached out uh, a week later or so and was told that uh, she already had a stack of adoptions uh, adoption applications and that, you know, I was somewhere in the stack, but probably uh, someone else was going to get her. Um, then on Pet Finder, and again, I wasn't like looking too seriously. I was just kind of like scrolling through um, in when I, when I uh, just needed a break from doing other stuff. And I saw this dog named Layla who was like a super shaggy, like I think two-year-old dog. I was mostly looking at puppies, but this one came up like a blonde terrier. It looked like Sandy in the movie Annie. And um, I don't know. I just was like, I just was like, that's, that's our dog. That's her. I just had this, this overwhelming feeling of like, she's the one. Um, and uh, I emailed about her and I actually heard back right away um, she was being fostered in New Jersey by um, a woman who runs like a foster network. She pulls dogs, I think, mostly out of um, the public shelter in Newark. And she was like, you know, she's really, um, she's really pretty fearful, skittish. Um, I don't know if she used the word skittish. She said fearful, and she said, you know, um, normally. I wouldn't think it would be a good idea for her to be in a home with a dog, but you're a dog trainer, so you clearly you know it. I mean, being home with a kid, but you're a dog trainer, so clearly know what you're doing. And, um, you know, you just really, like, can't yell at her. She, like, you know, gets super scared and upset if you yell at her. So you really can only use positive reinforcement. And I was like, okay, well, I got that. <laughs> um, and uh, my husband was not enthusiastic about this when I explained the situation and described her, like, you know, having possible fear issues. Um, he, he was like, I think we should get a puppy. I don't think we should be getting a dog who has any issues. And, and, you know, I, I, I totally like felt where he was coming from and didn't think he was wrong, but I just had this like overwhelming feeling of like, she's our dog. She's our dog. So we drove out to, um, I think it was like the Jersey Shore. It's like two hours away. It was like an entire sort of Saturday activity. And uh, the woman fostering this dog um, lived in a beautiful house. It was amazingly clean and pristine considering that she has like six dogs of her own and um, was uh, was fostering like five other dogs and a bird and a turtle and cats and God knows whatever else. Um, and, uh, she, she, she was wearing a mask. I was wearing a mask. Uh, my husband was wearing a mask. He was carrying our daughter. Um, and my husband needs like a really big guy with a beard. Um, which I'm only mentioning because I think like, uh, just the whole, the whole thing freaked this dog out so much. Like the, the, the foster, uh, or the foster lady said, you know, um, sh she's never seen me in a mask. 
Uh, so I wonder if she's just spooked by the fact that I'm in a mask. But here, like, she was in a mask, and there were these three masked strangers, one a child, one uh, this big uh, bearded guy. And uh, I'm getting to you. I haven't talked about you yet. We're, we're, I'm leading up to it. Um, uh, anyway, this dog was just so spooked. She could not be within 10 feet of us without like cowering and running in the other direction. Like it was, it was clear from like the moment we walked in pretty much that it wasn't going to work. And, and the, the, the fosterer was like, you're the dog trainer. You, you know, you, you should narrate how this goes. But I, I was just sort of like, taken off guard. It was like, not my house. I just met this person. I just met this dog, like sort of dictating how the whole thing was going to go. I felt like, what is, is that my role here? I don't know. And um, so we weren't there very long. And But she did at one point, like kind of drag this poor dog over to me. Um, so like, I, I guess so I could pet the dog and the dog um, did let me pet her. And, but she was so terrified. She like peed herself while I was petting her. It was, it was just a, a very, a very sad situation. And, um, and I felt like, uh, I wish, I wish I could help this dog who, um, I think, you know, had just been kind of, um, raised, uh, from puppyhood in someone's backyard, just totally neglected. Um, uh, but, um, it was also clear to me that, uh, we were not the right home for this dog. I mean, even, the, the, the woman fostering her said she was really bonded to her and that, you know, she got over her fear of her in, in you know, a day or two. And I, I'm, I, but I thought, you know, even if this dog could, even if we could win over this dog, this terribly fearful dog, and even if I could work with her uh, in our home, it just wouldn't be fair to bring this dog to live with us, like in central Manhattan, where, um, you know, we live on like a busy avenue. I just couldn't couldn't picture that the dog on on the street. So we drove home, uh, two hours back home, and it was you know both my husband and I just felt felt sad that we we couldn't help this dog, but it also felt like clearly the right thing to do was to to not not take the dog. Um, then I started uh, uh, chatting um, with. Um, uh, some of, uh, my staff and clients and friends who are in our new community app and sharing some of the dogs I was seeing on Pet Finder. I just started sort of talking more about like my experience trying to find a dog. Again, I, I wasn't like feeling any kind of major urgency about it. Um, just, uh, more and more kind of thinking like, um, ha uh, more and more like interested just in, in the whole process of, of, um, especially getting, getting a rescue dog in this moment where um, apparently it's just harder and harder to get a rescue dog because more and more people want dogs, which, which is a good, a good thing. And I, you know, I don't know how much of it um, is, uh, is um, rescues being very uh, just vigilant about who they give dogs to or how much of it is um, uh, just like, uh, uh, is like demand outweighs supply. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's, uh, anyway, it's interesting. I, I was reminded actually of this one time I actually worked at a, 
uh, it was a dog daycare, but they also were kind of like a rescue organization um, in Greenpoint. I worked there um, actually while I was doing the Karen Pryor Academy for a few months in um, 2010. <clears throat> and I remember there was this like beautiful gray uh, petite uh, rescue pit bull there that I was just in love with. And I was telling my uh, my neighbor who about this dog. And like he wasn't even really like looking for a dog, but he was just like a really like solidly good person who like wants to do good things and help people and help dogs. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll take her if she needs a home. So he like showed up at this rescue, um, like, okay, you know, hey, I'm, I'm here to adopt Sasha. And they, the, the people who ran the place were like, oh, well, you know, there's our, I mean, she'd been there for like months. <laughs> she, they were like, well, if you're interested in her, you're gonna have to fill out an application and this and that. And he was just like, oh, I thought I was coming to get a dog. Like, you know, I, I think I think um, even though like this is kind of a world that I'm in, I was still sort of surprised by how many hoops um, uh, these um, these places uh, make people jump through. And and again, I, I don't know if that's like a bad thing. I think it can just be sort of surprising. Uh, I could could tell more stories about working at that place, but trying to stay on point. Um, so I started uh, in the in our new community app, which you can download. Um, go to schoolforthedogs.com slash community or look up School for the Dogs community in the app store. Uh, I was just um, kind of venting a little bit. And um, Anna Hayward, who is uh, one of our apprentices, who I interviewed um, a few months ago for the podcast, super interesting woman. She does a lot of fostering, and one of the groups she fosters with specializes in, like, small and medium-sized dogs. They bring up a lot of dogs from down south, and Anna was like, you know, what I suggest you do, they're called Waggy Tails. She was like, I suggest that you, like, go to waggytails.com or whatever the website is. Um, so I should say exactly what it is now. <laughs> No, no, just in case anyone else wants to go see what it is. Waggy Tales, let me see. Waggytailsrescue.org is what it is. Um, she said, you know, go just fill out an application so that you can be pre-approved. And then if a dog comes um, that, you know, fits kind of what you're looking for, you'll be like at the top of the list um, because, you know, like they don't even post their dogs on PetFinder or wherever anymore because like they get so inundated with applications. So, um, and actually I think this is probably a good tip for anyone looking to adopt, you know, find a good rescue, uh, and rather than applying to a specific dog, just reach out to them and let them know that, um, you're interested and available. So I did that. Um, and I said, you know, I think what, I think we'd like, um, like a small to medium sized, uh, puppy or young dog, um, some kind of terrier, ideally something kind of like scruffy. Uh, Jason, my husband, was saying like his ideal dog would be like um, the tramp and <laughs> Lady and the Tramp. Um, and uh, like five days later or something, Anna texted me and she was like, um, Waggy Tails just got in um, three uh, Chihuahua mixes from... Alabama, they're sisters. They're not like scruffy. 
Um, and but they're about you know five months old. Uh, and um, would you be interested? So she sent me photos, and I said yes, sure. <laughs> uh, so that was, I guess, on uh, Saturday or Sunday. I think Sunday maybe. And uh, Monday, I had a phone call with um, the woman who was fostering two of these three sisters. They they were brought to um, a, uh, a shelter in Alabama, actually with their parents. Their parents, uh, though I think were not surrendered by whoever brought them in, they were brought in to be fixed. Um, so I actually... Uh, got to see the three girls and their their what their parents look like, which um, was kind of cool. Uh, and uh, had this conversation. There were there were two dogs available, and um, I said I would uh, love to meet them. Um, of the two, I picked the one that had kind of like a two two of the puppies were um, sort of all one color blonde. And one was a little bit darker with a black face, sort of like um, German Shepherd coloring, actually. Like a like a Chihuahua, like a large size Chihuahua Terrier mix with <laughs> German Shepherd coloring. And um, Tuesday she came and dropped off this uh, this puppy for half an hour. Um, I you know, another, another funny thing about adopting a dog right now is like, there aren't, you know, adoption events. You're, it's hard to go into people's homes to meet their dogs. So it was this sort of like funny puppy drop off situation, uh, where she said, you know, take, take 30 minutes, an hour, see how you feel about her. Um, and then, uh, if you're into her, you can fill out the paperwork and pay the fee. Um, so that's what happened. And, um, that's how this new girl came into our lives. She is, you know, I haven't, I haven't weighed her, but I'm guessing she's something like 15 pounds, about five months old. Um, uh, very, very adorable. Kind of like, she looks kind of like a meerkat to me, like, like, uh, the, the meerkat and the, and the Lion King, and uh, a little bit older than than I ideally would have liked. I think if you're getting a puppy, if you're getting a puppy, best to look for a puppy that's, um, you know, in that that socialization sweet spot of like you know ten ish weeks. Um, Twenty weeks is kind of actually like our cutoff. At school for the dogs for a lot of our puppy offerings um, because the socialization window really kind of starts to close at like 12 weeks, 16 weeks. Um, but sh- this is a bulletproof puppy. She, I, I don't, I don't know how she got this way, <laughs> but she uh, is super chill, not spooked by anything so far that she's encountered. Um, very sweet, very tolerant. Um, my daughter is, uh, who's two is of course obsessed with her. And, um, this puppy is, um, perfectly content 
to be snuggled and pet by a toddler. Um, very cuddly, um, very kissy, um, pretty bonded to me already. And she really just like settled in. She just settled in like she's been here forever, even though, like I said, it's, she came Tuesday, today's Friday. It's really only been a few days, but she's um, just is, it seems like um, very uh, happy and comfortable and um, we love her. You know, it's, it's such a funny thing when you get a dog because it's like, it's kind of like um, an arranged marriage, you know, like most relationships, you like can kind of tiptoe in and see how you feel like a friendship or, you know, a romantic relationship. You're not just like signing on from the beginning. I mean, like this one, like I was saying, like at this one place, I, I was expected to fill out the adoption papers without ever meeting the dog. Um, and I was, you know, willing to do it. I remember when I got Amos, my, my old dog, him sitting on my lap on the, in the car on the way home. And I was just thinking like, what if I don't like him? Like I've, I've committed to this for the next like 10 to 20 years. Like, I hope I like this dog. And, you know, of course we tend to like them because dogs are so freaking lovable and great. Um, but they're, they're these like full fledged, um, you know, people, I mean, aren't people, they're dogs, but like they're, they're, it's different also, you know, with like a, a baby, like, of course, I, you don't choose your baby. I loved my baby from the moment she, she arrived, but like, it was like a, a kind of slow ramp up, like <laughs> experiencing her as like a, as like a fully, fully fledged person. Um, whereas this dog is who she is already. And um, I, I signed on uh, after only knowing her for 30 minutes and decided that, um, that uh, we're going to be the people who are going to be her providers for the rest of her life. And I think it was, I think it was a good choice. Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, really enjoying her. Um, we're still trying to figure out a name for her. Um, my, uh, my husband and I have been disagreeing, which is funny because like, we came up with our daughter's name and like, like with like 30 seconds of discussion about it. And now we've been going back and forth for days about what to name this puppy. I want to name her Poppy. Um, partially because uh, the day that we got her, my daughter started saying puppy and she's two. So it kind of sounds like Poppy. And it's notable because she's, she only has, she only says like, I don't know, eight words total. And four of those words are like, baby ease, like not really real words, like she calls doggies, woo woo. Um, so uh, I think it's kind of cool that she's already saying what basically sounds like Poppy. Um, but my husband thinks of Poppy as like, I don't know, like what you call a grandfather or like, uh, or like P-A-P-I, like, hey, Poppy. Um, as opposed to P-O-P-Y, like P-O-P-P-Y, like the flower. Um, so he's been pushing for Sally or Phoebe, but I think he's maybe coming around to Poppy. Also, the nice thing about Poppy is it's a flower, um, and our daughter is Magnolia, so that's two flowers uh, in our home. And um, yeah, gosh, what else can I say about this adorable little dog? Um it's it's just amazing to have this 
this uh, this loving, affectionate creature around. And um, <laughs> I keep thinking she's like grateful. Like I keep feeling like, you know, oh, I think she maybe knows she landed in a good place. I mean, when you think about like just like all the things in life that have to happen for a dog to end up really in any home, like all the all the tiny things that made it so this puppy from God knows where in Alabama ended up in, in my home in, in Manhattan and all the people that had to be involved um, and all the circumstances that, that had to come together. Uh, it's pretty amazing. So I, I keep feeling like, I don't know, like she's, she's grateful and lucky, but then I'm reminded, I remind myself how much of like, how much of personalities, like dog personalities, it's how much of it is like our projection, projecting onto them. And just like, you know, we project onto people. Um, No, no two dogs are seen in the exact same way by, by any, any two people. And, you know, is she really grateful or not? I mean, I have no idea if dogs feel gratitude, but the fact is like, I don't think dogs know if they came from a pet store or they came from a breeder or they came from a shelter. Um, they might have they might have come from uh, from <laughs> uh, difficult situations. Um, no matter where they came from, they might have come from uh, nothing but um, good times. No matter where they came from, um, when you do get a rescue dog, though, I mean, really, when you get any any dog, unless you're there the moment they're born. Um, there is kind of this history that you'll you'll never totally know about, but um, I do know that she was with her two sisters up uh, until pretty recently. She was being fostered with one of her sisters, um, and I do know that she spent about two weeks in this foster home with this um, lovely uh, woman who um, is the person who brought her to me, who told me, you know, she is. Um, a great little, great little puppy. All these three puppies uh, have no problems. They're super sweet. Everybody loves them. Um, and uh, I can totally, totally see why. So definitely um, glad that things have ended up where they have and that we're starting this, this new year with her. I'm sure I will have much more to say about her and to share about her in the coming weeks and months, but um, some initial observations uh, from three days of having a puppy for the first time in uh, 15 years. Uh, One thing is it's definitely not the ideal time of year to get a puppy, if you ask me, if you live... um, in uh, in the northern hemisphere, it is cold, and uh, this little girl um, has no interest uh, in being in the cold. She she is some kind of Chihuahua mix. Uh, they do hail from warmer areas. Uh, I have bundled her up. In, uh, in doggy sweatshirts a few times and brought her out on um, on my deck. I have like a, a fenced-in private outdoor area. And uh, she clearly is uncomfortable. So I, I haven't pushed it. 
I haven't tried bringing her out on the street yet either, just because, uh, you know, I want I want her to settle in. I want her to feel comfortable about all the things. And um, when when uh, you're in a new place and you're cold, um, I think you're not going to be doing your best learning. Um, but does make it harder. Uh, to think about socializing her to the outside world. And of course, um, uh, it, I think it makes it harder to um, house train a dog uh, if it's hard to just get them to be comfortable um, in, in the outdoors. Um, so my choice right now is to just not stress out too much about the house training stuff. Um, uh, I have wee-wee pads down in one specific spot, and, um, you know, uh, I'm reminded of how important it is to manage space. This is true of, uh, of any dog you're working with, but when you're working with a puppy uh, in particular, and especially if you're dealing with house training, you really want to control the environment, control the space in order to make sure uh, that your dog has lots of opportunities to go in the right spot and not a lot of opportunities to go um, in the wrong spot. So fortunately, because I already have a toddler, I already have um, kind of like a pretty good baby gate game in in uh, in my apartment. Uh, so I, I mostly am um, gated off in one area uh, of um, my bedroom, sort of where my desk is with with the puppy and uh, her crate and some wee-wee pads um, so that they're, she doesn't have to go very far if she's hanging out with me um, in this area to get to her wee-wee pads. Um, I'm using the Revol crate, which is... Um, the crate that we're um, big fans of at School for the Dogs that we use at our studio. Uh, again, just a really nice way to manage space if you if your dog is in the crate. Um, <clears throat> I know she's not also going to be, you know, peeing uh, on the rug in the other room. I've, I've rolled up most of our rugs, but we do have one big rug uh, <laughs> in our living room that um, we're just keeping her out of that room unless she has just emptied herself. Um, but loving using the Revol crate because um, it opens up on two sides and on the top. So it just makes uh, for like a really nice kind of uh, like <laughs> open air, <laughs> open air doghouse for her um, where she can chill out uh, without necessarily having to be fully enclosed in it all the time. I have closed her in and she's fine with that. She's she's very chill. I got a very, very laid back girl here. Um, hilariously, my daughter is really loving the crate for some reason and has been crawling into it with like all of her dolls. Um, pretty, uh, pretty funny. Um, what else? Uh, also have been um, getting a lot of use from um, from our flirt pole. Uh, I've been using the squishy face flirt pole, which we do sell at storeforthedogs.com, but we put up a blog post recently on how you can make your own flirt pole. A flirt pole is basically just 
a really big cat toy, like a piece of PVC pipe with like a rope or bungee cord on it and then at one end and then like a toy at the end. Uh, and um, it's just it's just such a great thing. I'm using it actually while I'm sitting at my desk recording this um, to just get her to run around a little bit. Um, she's jumping from the bed, my bed to her bed. She's running in circles. Um, you know, puppy, puppies need to play. Puppies need to get out their extra energy. And again, it's hard when it's cold outside. You got to do this stuff inside. And especially, uh, during the pandemic when, um, you know, it's, it's not so easy to arrange copious playdates with other, other appropriate puppies, uh, I think this 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 uh, toy is is worth its weight in gold. Um, she, I don't know, like I, I, if I if I really get her going with it for like five or ten minutes, uh, she will then conk out for two to three hours. And you can use it in training. You know, I've been using it um, with her to work on uh, just base. Basically, we've just been working on sit and touch so far. But um, I like sometimes using toys instead of uh, in treats or mixing up toys and treats. And um, uh, I guess the la last little thing that I'm reminded of spending uh, the last few days with a puppy is that training can happen throughout the day in little bursts. You know, you, I, I don't feel like I have to set aside an hour a day. I don't feel like... Um, <clears throat> I don't feel like I have to be following some kind of plan. Um, I'm just kind of wearing my treat pouch and periodically when I feel like taking a break from whatever I'm doing, um, I will spend two minutes clicking for sits, um, or working on, uh, her touch cue, which is basically just teaching her to touch my fingers. Um, and also uh, just tossing things in her crate. And I've been doing a, a series of claps and then tossing things in her crate. The crate is right ne next to my desk right now, so super easy to do that. Um, I've been like clapping five times and tossing something into her crate. And uh, I'm hoping that um, before very long, um, she'll hear me clap wherever she is in the apartment and she'll know that that means good stuff is going to happen in her crate, um, which, uh, you know, she's very interested in spending time with me. Uh, so it hasn't been hard to get her to want to hang out in the crate because the crate is right next to my desk where I spend much of my time. Uh, anyway, I look forward to sharing more about my new pups uh, and getting getting to know this special individual who's been <laughs> assigned to me for the rest of her life, I hope. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Happy New Year to everybody. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, telling your friends, and shopping in our online store. 
Learn more about School for the Dogs and sign up for lots of free training resources on our website, schoolforthedogs.com.